I just really value there being lots of spaces where people can play music and feel like safe to creatively express themselves. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Tessa Turner. Tessa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Today, we're going to be listening to your song, Narcissist, off of an upcoming album or... Eventually. This will probably be like a single release at some point. Maybe an EP that's a lot yet to be figured out. Well, I look forward to the release. Without further ado, let's listen to the song. I think that it's funny that you take me for a dummy. Just a contract I ignored the fine print So I signed the dotted line You're used to being catered to Well, guess what? I've got news for you I must insist That you're narcissist to invest in whatever is in your best interest you only want to invest in whatever is in your best interest you just want to use me you just want to use me till there's nothing left you just want to use me you just want to use me till there's nothing left Selfish, you just wanna take, 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 take whatever's in your reach. I think that your thick skull has a gravitational pull. NASA's got it twisted, cause we all revolve around you. You used to be catered to. Well, guess what? I've got news for you. I must insist that you're narcissist. You only want to invest in 
whatever is in your best interest you only want to invest in whatever is in your best interest you just want to use me you just want to use me till there's nothing left you just want to use me you just want to use me till there's nothing left Welcome back. So, my first and favorite question to always ask, if you know what that is, is... I do. What came first? Was it the music or was it the lyrics? So, yes, I did my homework and I have been (laughs) anticipating this question and... I thought of a few different ways I could answer it, but I think I'll go the short route. I'm pretty sure that it was the chords. That was the short yeah, answer. Yeah, because I so, wanted you to ask me. Okay. <laughs> I wanted you to pull it out of me. So, okay. <laughs> so, now when you write something chord-wise, is it you have a guitar in your hands or do you play the keyboard or, or what's going on? So, the guitar is definitely in my hands because I'm self-taught. So it's really about making shapes and playing chords. Like sometimes I'll have learned a song recently that I learned a new chord from and I'm like, oh, I am really interested in this and I've not used it in a song before. But yeah, I'm sitting with the guitar and when it came to this song, I really started with a concept. I wrote Narcissist in 2019 and The last time I'd written a song before that was five years. So there was a really big gap in songwriting. I really wanted to write something so different from what I'd written in the past. I was really influenced by the music I was listening to with my husband, which was a lot of like upbeat funk and even some of it's kind of doo-wop-y. And so that was in my head. I wanted to write something kind of tongue-in-cheek and kind of witty and yeah, and just like having this this specific bright upbeat sound so i knew i wanted to play bar chords that was like a priority so i wanted to make that a big shaping element of the song and then i started to get this idea of okay well what do i want to write about like what topic will make this really flow into being a tongue-in-cheek song when i come to write a song it's always like there's emotion that i'm sitting down with i always write best when i'm bringing in emotion this was kind of different in the way that i was talking about something that was more of an external conflict usually songs that i write are more internal different like conflicting feelings i'm having inside myself and this was more of like this is a person who was specifically drawing out these different feelings and kind of more the source of what i was feeling inside there was this concept that i came with first and it developed it seems funny that normally you write songs about internal conflict in a very narcissistic way and then the one song that's titled narcissist is about someone else is this based on an actual person or is this amalgamation of people or a particular experience i'd say it was an experience because i was thinking about a dynamic in my life that has taken the form of you know some people you know maybe some more than others but that experience of just feeling like you're not having 
a reciprocation in your relationship where you feel like you're giving a lot and not getting back much. It starts with thinking about this person who is intentionally doing this to you. Like that is kind of what the song is about. And that's very much from my perspective. Like, and yes, calling someone a narcissist is, you know, maybe that's even a projection. Like we could, <laughs> we could, we could dig into it. You know, I wrote the song a long time ago. So I've been trying to think about what it means because I think writing it, it's not a song that I actually put as much like heart into as some of the other songs I've written about. There's even parts of it that I think some people really like that I was like, you know, I actually thought about cutting that out. Mm. I'm looking back at it and thinking there was actually a lot here that I was processing that I didn't realize. You know, at the time when I wrote the song, you know, going back to the gap that I was talking about, this was a song I wanted to reinvent myself with. I want to write a lot more music that sounds kind of like this. I was thinking of someone who kind of held me back from doing that when I was writing the song. Something I thought about yesterday was it was supposed to be empowering, talking about someone who had, I felt, done me wrong so many times and trying to take it back. In a way, you know, I realize now I was kind of tearing them down to build myself up, but I still had fun doing it, so. <laughs> right. You think about the guitar in terms of the shapes that you generate based on, you know, you don't necessarily think of, I'm going to play a, you know, I'm going to play a C chord and then an F chord and then a B flat chord and then um, a G minor. And so you don't, you're not thinking about that, but I think it's interesting that whether we know the full, like the full theory or mm -hmm. the names of the chords is that we all understand a certain level of what makes Western music uh, mm -hmm. sound a certain way. And so I'm just curious about how those shapes formed and then when you mentioned that you wanted to have them be all bar chords, that also made me think of like, well, okay, at least th that's a definite shape. What was the impetus for taking that path? Like I said, I was looking to reinvent my sound. I wanted to empower myself by writing this song and feeling like, yes, I'm going to take up space. I am a musician because that's something I've struggled with a long time is feeling like that's that's true. And so I wanted to do all these things that I felt validated that for me. And one of them was playing bar chords because <laughs> bar chords just feel like you're more legit. That sounds really silly, but that's something I think I believe. And it was a way to give me more confidence. I also liked the sound. I mean, mm -hmm. there there wasn't an absence of like, the sounds good or, you know, but there was some level of just priority that I wanted to do this. I had a goal and I knew that when I played the song, I come back to that choice that I'd be like, yeah, this, this makes me feel confident about my music. I have to say the sound that gets generated by playing bar chords, I know what you mean where it's, it's like, I'm really leaning into all this, into the sound, right? Like there's a forcefulness about playing those fifths as the base of the, the chord. It's really interesting to think that you had a mix of, I'm going to do bar chords, I'm inspired by some doo-wop, and then <laughs> somehow those blended together. You had the chords, and you had this idea. When did when did the idea of the narcissist like 
solidify in your mind like that was where you're going to write there's some specific imagery that came to mind i want to say that the chorus is what drove the rest of the song i'm really big on rhyme patterns and alliteration and wordplay like we were talking before we sat down to do this I wrote poetry long time before I started writing songs, and that was how I initially approached songwriting. And so the, I must insist that you are a narcissist, I was like, that got stuck in my head. You only want to invest in whatever is in your best interest. I think that was really the groundwork. And then the verses came, and it was like, how can I visualize this for people like how can i describe this experience that happens when you're in a relationship or you are in a dynamic with somebody like that that will be funny recognizable and just kind of hit home like mm-hmm. i feel like i wanted to describe it in a way that other people can relate to i think a lot of people forget that narcissists can sometimes be a lot of fun they can be, but mm. in the end, so true. It's all it's just all about them, right? So in the end when you actually need something more than just a good time or or just yes. to have someone that tells great stories that are all about them, it, it comes down to that just falls flat and I feel that the intertwining of the humor, I almost want to say there's a little bit of a teasing tone about is teasing the right word? Let me know if that's not the right word. But like, the, as I said, like the wink and the nod of just what you call a friendship is really just a contract. I ignore the fine the print, uh, print. So, I, okay. Like once again, I managed to ruin <laughs> lyrics. It's okay. Sorry, kids. Your first verse really hits it on the head where what's wrong with like a narcissist in general, they can be fun, they can be entertaining, mm. they can even do things that are very, very seemingly caring, that's, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, but in the end, the idea of everything is of a reciprocal or like, mm. what can I get out of it kind mm. of nature, mm-hmm. when that relationship stops being, I want to say profitable, mm. uh, or, or a result, then... Mm-hmm it dries up and then there's nothing to retrieve. And I think that that your first verse about that, where it's just what you call a friendship is really just a contract. That verse also brings into a certain aspect, your, your own culpability of Mm. um, you may have recognized it, but in the end you still signed on the dotted line or you, you entered into it. You knew what you were signing up for. Yeah. I want to say that this version that we have is a demo, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, we could and say that. So Stripped down. I'm just curious because I don't know if I've ever asked this, but what do you plan on adding to it when oh. you do a final version? Or, I mean, feel free to pipe dream a little bit about what you'd like to, to add. Yeah, I think the overall goal is to flesh out the sound, to add to that upbeat nature that I really want to have. You know, I really have always dream to be kind of like an indie rock artist and so Mm -hmm. i want that to come through in this song my husband jamie is the one who has recorded this version with me and he's actually playing the guitar in it it's gonna be kind of like a brainchild of both of us the final finished version my husband comes from a punk background and he was in a punk band and so he's used to playing music very fast he definitely came to me when we were gonna record it he's like how do you feel about it being faster than you usually play it and i'm like 
let's do it because I just can't play that fast. Mm. There's lots of things that I would I envision and dream about, but I kind of have the limitation physically or or however. And so he's got this really fun drum beat that I'm excited about. The bass line I'm really enjoying. So I'm going to plant some, you know, little ideas for you to imagine when you listen to the demo. The bass and drums are really important. And then he also came up with some really cool, like, guitar riffs that will be peppered in there. And I, of course, envision more, like, vocal layering. Now that I actually have a recorded version of it that's very consistent than like if I were doing it just on my phone. I'm kind of studying it myself and seeing as I sing along with it, coming up with harmonies and different ideas. Yeah, Jamie and I are both not very disciplined when it comes to recording or the creative process. We're very like, we, we've we both ho- held on to music for like years already. Like I have songs, you know, as like a 28 year old that I've held on for like 10 years, which sounds silly, but I'm really hoping now that we've got the setup we just bought a house last year that we're making the space for it that we can start like letting go of these things and Mm -hmm. letting them out into the world as our own musical children so excited to see where it goes you know definitely the things that i mentioned but who knows you'll just have to wait for the final release one of the things i wish that the champagne urbana music scene could do better is be less reticent to record and put out demos of the things that they're working on because i i think in some ways it's going to be really fascinating to see or to hear this demo version and then hear the final recorded version as it gets fleshed out or it gets reimagined or however you want to do that we don't usually get to see that kind of insight unless We've seen you go out and perform Mm, mm -hmm. in multiple places and then finally see you with a full live band or something Mm -hmm. like that. I want to tell you what my favorite part of of the song is. And and it's definitely the the lyric and it's the last line in the verse too of the, I think your thick skull has a gravitational pull. NASA's got it twisted because we all revolve around you. I just feel like that's the whole biting, funny, tongue-in-cheek, the sarcasm of like, well, okay, obviously it revolves around you. Um, (laughs) That I, I just feel like that tone flows throughout the whole piece and it sounds great, but it's also funny and it's... I don't know the the, the rhyming. And <laughs> I appreciate that. The rhymes are kind of perfect. The rhyming scheme, as well as the timing that you're presenting, it does. It sounds like mm. you really are being. If there were no music and if it was just you speaking the words, it would still sound just as sarcastic. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to mean. Like that. It it has that that rhythm. Like the words that, are standalone. Yeah, the mean? words and okay. standalone well, would have you. that same kind of sarcastic like whatever kind of tone to i don't know if that if that makes any sense but that's what i hear when if you read it the inflections that it generates in your voice sound like someone being sarcastic that's all i meant sorry (laughs) folks no like to have somebody dissect my song in that way because you know someone who i just shared this with recently actually was karina so who has been on the show she had said, oh, I missed that line. The very one that you just shared mm. is your favorite. Without my music being recorded, you know, people like Karina have only heard my music live where you're getting drowned out by voices or whatnot. And so to have this now and people can be like kind of 
absorb it and take it in and interpret like that's so meaningful to me to hear that feedback because again like I come from a very strong lyrically driven songwriting approach because I've always felt limited in the ways that I can play the music or compose it so it's always been very important that stands out whenever I did write poetry and I mean probably even when I write songs too I was very much like I want this to have a natural cadence so that anyone who reads it it does just like you don't need to know exactly how I sang it. And I think honestly, I think that probably comes from reading a lot of Dr. Seuss when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I've been reading a lot of Dr. Seuss to Turner lately. One of our friends bought us like this giant pack of all the classics by Dr. Seuss. And it's been a bedtime favorite recently. So reading it, I'm just like, you know, you read it and it just naturally rhymes. You don't have to have talent for rhyming to get that enjoyment so that was just a little connection that i made there huh interesting <laughs> in turn i have to ask you okay what's your favorite part of the song just for the record i almost did not use that verse i thought it oh. actually was like really cheesy but now a lot of people are telling me that's their favorite part my favorite is probably the chorus and that's because i'm biased because i love singing it and then of course like the way that i play the guitar with it it, that's where the doo-wop really comes in full force so that's fun but other than that probably the contract line again i had like this visual of somebody intentionally doing you wrong and like a sneaky business guy that's like oh yeah go on sign your name you'll have everything you've ever wanted and right like that ursula and ariel even kind of dynamic oh, right. <laughs> last question why did you pick this one as the song you wanted to talk about today for this song it was definitely like the first one i ever wanted to release i think under tessa turner you know i imagine it as like this anthem i guess to steal some words that a friend had said to me recently i don't know i'm like i'm, I'm kind of thinking about it right now i think it's the one i imagine a lot of people would hold on to and so part of it was kind of like the reception that I figured it would get. But also I'm realizing doing this, that there's a lot more to this experience that I had and the lyrics that I wrote than I realized. So it's been a fun opportunity to kind of go through like, yeah, why did I write this song? Because right. at the time it really was just like this, I'm going to do this fun thing that is about true events and true things that happened to me but like it wasn't as serious as the process it is when i usually sit down to write songs so mm. yeah i don't know i just thought it would be you know it's it's a crowd pleaser i guess <laughs> one thing i just wanted to say was i had a really fun opportunity last year when i was teaching full-time our last unit for writing was poetry and the whole year my students hadn't heard me sing like any of my music but they kind of knew i did it and I chose to do a whole lesson on the song, Narcissist. So I <laughs> I made like a PowerPoint and everything and walked them through some of the words because I figured they're fourth graders. They wouldn't maybe know what the word narcissist meant and make sure that they knew what the lyrics meant. So we all sang together and it was this really fun moment where they got to learn more about me like as a person and they, of course, like wanted me to spill all the tea about like, well, who was it about? Just two days ago, or maybe it was three, one of my former colleagues from the school sent me a video of them singing the song. And so it's been uh, not quite a year. It's been maybe half a year since they heard it. But the fact that they still remembered it was just mm. like, oh, my heart completely melted. 
Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Tessa. Yes. What is your favorite... Champaign-Urbana venue, past or present? So I'm really bad at giving direct answers. I don't necessarily have one. I tend to play a lot of gigs that are at restaurants, actually. (laughs) And I really enjoy those because I get to eat food for free usually, and they also tend to pay me. I kind of enjoy being background music. I'm Mm -hmm. sort of used to that when I am intentionally wanting to represent myself as an artist as tessa turner i really have appreciated the experience at the rose bowl you know a lot of people obviously love the rose bowl and it's a great intimate place you know the people who work there just make you feel very comfortable you know i was actually reminiscing on the iron post i kind of miss the iron post as a singer songwriter it's hard i feel like find a space where i feel perfectly comfortable because i feel like my favorite venue in the cu is really anywhere they will pay me and feed me. I do try to value my time as an artist, and so that does mean prioritizing places that will pay me, especially as I'm a mom and a wife now. I need to value where I'm spending my time. And I feel like, to me, it's validating like the importance of paying performers by choosing to not do gigs that don't, unless it is something that, of course, like, I'm passionate about and if it's for a cause that I really care about it is something that I I try to do to support myself a lot of that is being entertainment and that's not necessarily a music venue honestly I was reflecting on it and I think I enjoy that because I like seeing people's reactions who came for something they didn't necessarily know was going to be there mm. it's fun to me to see people in the audience who are like having a meal and they're like oh I know this song or oh, they actually ended up being really good and I didn't expect that. The other thing about working like at venues that aren't necessarily just for music, you know, when you play at a concert venue or a live music venue, it tends to be at night, it tends to be at a bar. And sometimes if I'm performing somewhere where it's just the music for a cafe or a restaurant, I like just being at different parts of the day and having unassuming guests that I might not see because maybe they don't go to concert venues. So I just like, you know, you were talking about life and enjoying life. I feel the same way. And I like kind of being a slice of that life, Hmm. like very authentically. There are times where I enjoy being intentional about performing and 
presenting as an artist. And when that happens, I really enjoy it at the Rose Bowl. I also, it's not a venue, but I love performing as part of Friday Night Live. I think mm. I really like performing outside, actually. There's not a specific place. It's it's more about like the ambiance. Is there any venue that you like to go and see a show? Us being parents, like our ability to do that has changed our availability. The last show that we saw, I guess I'll just say this, it's really about like who's playing. We saw Here Comes the Mummies at the Canopy Club. Mm. They come here like really often, like I think annually. That was a super fun show. Like it's really about like, well, is it a show we want to see? That was fun. That was at the Canopy Club. We used to go to some house shows when we didn't have a child. And I do like going to those because you'll see like kind of up and coming talent. That's where I, I saw Girl K at Waluigi's Mansion mm. and I really love their music. So I wouldn't have discovered them had I not gone to that show. What makes a good music scene or a good community? Well, I definitely think that having people that you trust, that you can give them your music to hold and cherish or think about or give you feedback, something that's been really valuable when I was going to the Canopy Club open mic before COVID and the friends that I've made from that scene who've been on the show as well is being able to like dissect each other's music and talk about it in this really frank way. I think forming relationships is a really big part of it because that's how I feel like I've grown as a musician, like getting honest feedback instead of like just always having a feedback loop of like, oh yeah, that's really great. That, oh my gosh, like you did so well. You know, that's always important, but being able to be like, oh, this part of what you did like really resonated with me or when you played this chord, whenever people give me that kind of feedback, it's like, wow, you really were paying attention. And okay, that's what like people are seeing that and noticing it. So just the relationships, I think, are kind of what make the community. And I think you achieve that from spaces where music can be played. I think having open mics is so important. But then also like, there is a lot to manage with an open mic that I think can become complicated but I just really value there being lots of spaces where people can play music and feel like safe to creatively express themselves. I think if there's more opportunities to do that, that's great, you know, more places. I think again, like a limitation I'm finding now as a mom is where else can I play music that's not necessarily late at night because I have to, you know, take care of things the next day early in the morning. We wake up at five every day. And also, like, where can I perform that maybe my family can come? Like, where can Turner come? And so I think music feels like it gets kind of stuffed in this box of, like, bars and late at night. And I wish there was more opportunity because I feel like it would just open it up to, like, more age levels. You know, I remember even Alyssa, who's been on the show, she wasn't always able to be involved because of her age. I just wish there was a little more like flexibility. And I mean, if I'm gonna be really honest, something I think would help people too is there should be more paid opportunities for artists. Gonna be real frank about that. It is hard, you know, something we were just talking about earlier was paying people for their time and showing them that you value their talents. You know, especially if you are a business in town, I understand that like you might not have the budget for that and that's a different story. But, you know, a, a musician being in your establishment is bringing in customers for you. We should all be treating artists just like any other sort of talent that we pay 
their time for. A little bit of financial support, a little more diversity, and just honest, frank conversation about people's art. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004, carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Tessa, what is your favorite non-musical thing or things? Oh my gosh, you shouldn't have said things because I'm going to give you a list. That's fine. (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. You know, I will say, number one, I'm talking about my family a lot, but they are just definitely my heart and soul. Like spending time with Jamie and Turner has become such a huge joy in my life. My son is two and a half now and he is just like so much fun (laughs) i mean he has his days of course you know i like to call him a sour patch kid sour sweet sometimes sweet first then sour you know and there's periods of time in between we actually do a lot of music together i intentionally put an acoustic guitar in the living room so Mm -hmm. it'd be more accessible don't tell turner but he's getting a drum kit for his christmas present so (laughs) are you gonna regret that i'm just i'm just asking right now because it feels like (laughs) no i'm actually okay we welcome the noise like i also bought him a antique children's piano because we have like the electronic ones that they also like say all the numbers and the colors but that's Mm. not the same so we have one of those in the living room and whenever turner's around jamie's drum kit which is in Jamie's office, he goes straight for the sticks and he just starts, Jamie is a drummer, like first and foremost. So Uh it's like, oh, okay, maybe this will be his path. We'll see. Spending time with them is just really great. I love just seeing Turner's personality develop and kind of just making memories is really great. And through that, we spend more time outside. You know, when Jamie and I were first dating, we would do a lot of hiking and traveling and everything. Anytime outside just feels way more precious now, I think, Mm -hmm. as I get older. So I really love hiking. Roller skating was something that I got into in the last year. I've had a lot of friends and like I have a sister-in-law who's very into it, but I'm now becoming a lot better and finding it like a really great way to unwind. I love to dance, not professionally by any means. I play a lot of just dance and that's very like emotionally and physically healthy for me. I've been really working on my relationship with exercise and movement and framing it as movement and like, Mm. okay, what do I actually enjoy to do for movement? And when I was like honest with myself, I was like, I love to dance and I really love to skate. So those are at the top of the list. I love to cook, do a lot of cooking when I have the time. 
love to binge watch movies and TV. I take care of my plants, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm just thinking about all these things I enjoy. But I feel like, yeah, I think um, I'm really trying to build on my enjoyment of nature and moving things that don't like make me depend on i guess like material things as much i want to preemptively thank you for hopefully generating another drummer for the champagne urbana music scene because when turner grows up and eventually wants to join a band turner will have his choice of any bands he wants any drummer has at least four or five bands that they're a member of because there are no drummers um <laughs> but anyway that that's just that's, a, that's a side that's thing true, but yeah. um i always joke about how there's how there's only you know the five drummers that we do have on the scene yeah <laughs> there's, it just they're seems sparse. oh and and if and if he could pick up the bass too that would be great because okay. i feel like bass, bass and drum but you know definitely rhythm section you know i only mentioned that uh, jokingly that you'll regret it but it it's just i imagine that uh just like oh can you just stop pounding on those things for just a second yeah i mean i think that's like the stereotype is that like oh great like let's give your kids something that they can make a ton of noise with but yeah i think we welcome it honestly i think we really en- enjoy it. Like our house is pretty quiet otherwise. And mm. that's that's how we fill the space. And we kind of do it as a family. So it becomes yeah. a fun thing, I guess. Yeah, I think instead of a child just playing the drums by themselves, but if you interact and like, mm. this is us communicating. The music, and yes. sorry to make this all back to music, uh, the non-musical <laughs> thing into music, but- No, that's okay. Um, one of the important things that I think so many educational mm. groups, whatever, seem to forget is that it is another language, that it is mm-hmm. a way to communicate, a way to empathize, a way to connect with other people, that there's very few disciplines that focus on mm. that empathy, that emotional connection, that you know way to connect with people in a way that humanizes one another. So it I feel like that's... borders. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that because I am an educator. You know, Mm. I was um, disciplined as a foreign language teacher, so I'm certified to teach French and Spanish. And I'm also very passionate about like social, emotional well-being. Mm. And I did a lot of that when I was teaching full time last year. And I never really thought about how music can be used as that tool for empathy and compassion. So I'm really like glad you brought that up. Yes, I think I see it in Turner too. Like mm. I will say he's already got like some rhythm to it. Like Good. he's already you can see that developing in him because we immerse so much of a music in our household. So what Turner will do and when, when we're playing the guitar and singing, he has these magnetic foam toys and he will put this kind of like cylinder with this sort of like half spherical toy he puts it together and it looks like a microphone oh, oh and okay, he'll okay. yes he'll start singing into the microphone and so he's already got an understanding of like how he can be a part of it and it's really fun there was one day we used those toys and we'll just kind of spontaneously karaoke like we don't have a machine 
but we'll throw up like a YouTube karaoke video on the TV. It was auto-playing, so it was like Celine Dion's, like, My Heart Will Go On. Uh-huh. And I was singing it, and Turner came over to me, and he started, like, holding my face with his hands, and I think he was getting glossy-eyed, and you could Aww. see him, like, having this emotional journey. And it was like, wow, you're just, you know, two years old, but music is, like, speaking to you. Yeah. So... I totally agree. Yeah, I just find it interesting that, you know, at that point, you're activating someone else's music and words, but because it's coming f- through you, you have that connection mm. with another person, which I it just, it's so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, like, I feel like one could, hey, if anyone wants to do this, could make a whole podcast about how the emotional connections of, of music and how it brings people together and... Um, so I true. mean, honestly, just the podcast of wanting to talk to people about the songs that they've written brings people like you into my studio to talk with. And so I, you know, it's one of those music brings people together. And I think that's amazing. So I agree. Tessa, thank you for coming all the way out here and telling me about your song Narcissist, about the Champagne Urbana music scene, and then your favorite non-musical thing so i really appreciate you coming out here it's my pleasure thanks so much for having me sven this was a lot of fun thank you for listening to champagne is also a band podcast this is tessa turner reminding you great music is out there go find it where you live Champagne is also a band. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. South <laughs> <laughs> on the inside.